Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. So, Adam. Yes. I bet there was a time when you were the superstar at your workplace. Has that ever happened? <laughs> That's a, that is a loaded question, Jeannie. <laughs> I answer no, and I'm a loser. I answer yes, and I'm full of myself. So no, but that's for other people I, to decide, Jeannie. I'll I'll let my uh, Walter Isaacson when he does my uh, biography. Oh right, right. Sort sort that out. Well, he's going to interview me, so keep that in mind. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but you've certainly witnessed when you've had somebody who's just been exceptional, and then they come to you with the dreaded words, you know. I, I'm moving on. I found a new job. We're moving. I'm quitting you, basically. And oh, I, thought the, I, thought the, I thought the dreaded word for Jeannie Walters is replacing me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. They're leaving. Somebody you like is leaving. Feeling. It is a terrible yeah. feeling. And part of it is because I think there are certain qualities that you just, it feels like, ah, it was just them. It was just that person. It was just how they did things. And I think that is especially true in customer facing work. You have people who are really good at it and you think, what would we do without Joe? And then Joe leaves and he brings with him all of this knowledge and all of these best practices that you haven't captured because it was just Joe. And I think it's really important for anybody who has a customer service, customer experience leadership role to really think about this, not only because the obvious that, you know, when somebody great leaves, you have to replace them. But that means real money. And now that they're tracking these things, all these HR, you know, people, <laughs> researchers and such, um, <laughs> they have quoted some amazing things like the turnover costs can be up to $200,000 per employee in some industries. And in Places like pharmaceuticals or, you know, very sp specific industries like that, turnover can cost between 150 to 250 percent of that annual employee's salary. And so it's pretty staggering to think that you can let somebody walk out the door and that's how much it's going to cost you. But I think there's a bigger cost in customer service and customer facing roles. So I thought today we should talk about what are some of the ways that you can prevent that? What are some of the ways that you can stop that knowledge, that experience, that talent from walking out with your superstars? So what do you think? Well, first of all, I would just sort of throw out there that if you didn't refer to him as just Joe, maybe he wouldn't have left in the first place, Jeannie. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Fair point. Well, Fair point. let me, refer let me uh, clarify the question because it's a question, how do we keep the people or how do we keep the knowledge? Because those are two very different topics. I Right now I'm talking about keeping the knowledge because okay. I think that if we, because people are going to leave us, we know that. And we, we can talk about how to keep people. That's great. But they will leave us eventually. And sometimes your superstars leave. 100%. And first thing is don't get emotional about it. Oh, please. I always do. <laughs> no, but I, I, the serious advice, and I, I know my uh, people I used to work with used to get very, I mean, not saying there w wasn't ever a couple that really are like, oh man, just because mm -hmm. I saw a future for them. I saw the growth mm -hmm. path. I knew they had the ability or the talent to do this, 
you know, next year and then do something else three years from mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the ones that tended to hurt, but I, I don't know, just maybe it's growing up in business for so, you know, third generation, all that. I, th- I think it's just so used to it. It's just, everybody has different lives and different opportunities. Uh, it's not personal usually. I mean, sometimes it can mm-hmm. be, but uh, you know, it's generally not personal. It's just about their life and their place. So the first thing is don't get emotional about it. And I say that as a way to frame what comes next, which is you have to not only look at your people's humans and all that, you know, that part of it, right. The, the human mm-hmm. part, but do understand that they're also a business resource. The knowledge in their head is a business resource. Mm-hmm. Their skill set is a business resource. The skill set goes with them. The knowledge can stay behind, at least part of it. Uh, there's something we refer to in you know, organizational change or politics. It's called institutional memory, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of one of the, well, it's not getting political here. It's one of the arguments against term limits. Right. Now, there are other arguments for term limits, but that's one of the arguments against it, which is you lose all this tradition and history of the institution, some of which, and much of which in some cases is good. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I think is having a strong, there's a lot of ways, and I'm sure we're going to get to those, but one of the things is having a strong B team, Mm -hmm. right? Whoever you're, if you have a superstar, you've got to make sure they're surrounded by superstars. Easier said than done, but we forget to do it. We think the superstar is enough, but one way and one way or another, that superstar is leaving that role. Whether they leave you or not, they're leaving that role. Now, if they don't leave you, they can sort of, you know, filter down the knowledge from their new position. But still, if you don't have that B team, what do you do? Right. Well, I think I would back that up even one step and say, if you find yourself having that thought of, oh, my gosh, what would we do if Joe ever left us? Then it's time to start really figuring out what makes Joe a superstar. Because I think that's a step that's often skipped. And so we think we don't have to really figure out what are the things that he's doing leading to the better outcomes that we're looking for. And the example, I may have even used this before, but, you know, just observation can go a long way here. And if you notice like, well, this person gets great ratings you know, one of one of your call center reps, let's say, gets great ratings every time they have this situation and nobody else gets great ratings there. Well, it's time to start looking at what are they doing? How are they talking to the customer? What actions are they taking? What behaviors do they have? And start documenting that and training to it. Because I think that step is often just seen as, yeah, he's just really good at it. <laughs> He's just really good at dealing with the customers in that situation. 100%. Instead of yep. instead of looking at it almost from an anthropological perspective and saying, "Okay, let's observe this. What is actually happening?" In you know, and not just say, "Well, that's just cuz Joe's great." So, I think we have to do that as well as exactly what you're saying, which is surround with that next level, that next group who can step in, but really documenting those best practices and empowering Joe to do so. Because I think sometimes people do things by intuition, by, you know, habit, and they don't even realize what they're doing. And that's where observation can be really powerful. Sometimes Joe has secrets that he knows about. He knows exactly what he's doing, but he's never been asked about them. He's never been asked about how does he calm a customer down in that moment. And he might have things to share and train other people. So I think that's that's number one in my book. Right. And, and then and those, making sure. Oh, go ahead, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, and then your point, very well taken that you need to surround them with the right people and make sure that you have other people ready to kind of step in and lead in that same way. Well, it's not just stepping in. Those are the people that are going to document what Joe does in the end. You're not yeah. going to most likely in reality. The, right. That, those are the people that are going to see what he does. They're going to, those are the ones because, you know, it's nice to sit here and say, and you should, if you can, sure. But it's nice to say, okay, the leadership is going to go and watch Joe and have him report on it and create a manual of all the cool things Joe does. That's not how it generally works in reality. In reality, the people under him who are good and talented are going to pay attention. And Joe's going to be like, okay, look, we can't do this on the system, but here's a workaround. You call the warehouse, you do this, you do that. It's not even about the human skills, which are a little harder to transfer. It's not like how you say stuff. I mean, those can be transferred. Obviously they can be trained. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little harder just to sort of pass on his knowledge though. Right. Those tend to need to be trained because of the way our psychology works. However, all the workarounds, all the little tricks, all the mm -hmm. time saving things, all the things where you didn't empower Joe, but he found his own empowerment <laughs> to get mm -hmm. something done because he re he knew he wanted to take care of the customer and he didn't need to ask seven different people in triplicate to get it done. Right. Those are the invaluable types of knowledge that can get passed on. One, getting it recorded means it doesn't die with Joe, to your point, Jeannie. And two, mm -hmm. hopefully you as a leader will eventually figure out that, oh, geez, what if we just solve this so we didn't have to do that? And I'm right. sort of talking about workarounds and things. But, you know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. So that, that's where I really think the B team comes in is they they act as the recorders right they act mm -hmm. as the historians to some degree well and i would also say they're it's almost like an apprenticeship right like if they're learning from a master <laughs> at this then they're going to start um changing their behavior as well they're going to start just really following that lead um but to your point about training i think that's a really good point that you know whatever you discover as the best practices of your superstars, then you can train, you can start making sure that you're training and you're hiring to them. If you've identified that this, this, you know, list of traits and qualities is really serving you well in this role, then you can start really looking for that as, as you hire. Oh, it's so hard. I know it's like the goal, right? Is to replace is. Joe, Joe 2.0 is the right. goal. And that's never going to happen. That's never going to so, happen. Right. I know it's so hard. So here's another thing you can do though, mm -hmm. assuming they're professional enough to do so. And hopefully if Joe is a superstar, this is not always true though. Uh, he will be, uh, use their notice, use their mm -hmm. notice to actually say, you know what, Joe, how we're going to spend these last few weeks for paying you is half the time you're going to do your job. Half the time you're going to record everything you do in your job. Yeah. Tell Joe, especially if it's a, you know, I mean, hopefully if Joe's a superstar, he's leaving in a good way. It's a good relationship. He's just moving on for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not always true of course, but you know, probably more true than not and use that, right? It's like Joe, help uh, help Jane who's taken over your role here let's let's put together a binder of best practices let's put whatever mm -hmm. you, you've got a you've got a period where you know it's hard to ask Joe to do that uh before notice there's a way to do it but you have to be very careful where you don't think like uh yeah could you give us a manual that enables us to replace you right right <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little trickier obviously at that point uh, yep. so I'd say use the notice period if there is one Yep. And I would also, I would add one more thing here, which is that if you are listening to this 
and not really sure what, uh, you know, who your superstars are or if you have them. There are a couple ways to look for that. One is obviously the kind of metrics and the analytics that we talked about, where if you see that one guy always handles this one thing really well compared to everybody else, that's an obvious one. The other thing is when you're talking to customers, when you're actually out there asking people, how did you find out about us? How did you uh, decide what what made you decide to do business with us? What happened when you had that issue? Any of those kind of follow-up questions. If you hear the same name over and over and over, that's your superstar and you've got to start looking at that. In fact, I had an example of this. I was doing a journey mapping session with customers in the room and I said, how did you guys sign up for this service? And to a one, all of them said one person's name, one person's name. They had a sales team of, I think, 10 to 12 people. And yet this one person <laughs> was who got all the customers in the room who were there because of their loyalty. So clearly he was doing something to set them up for that loyalty that we had to identify. So we went back and looked at what he was doing. So that's just an example of, you know, it's not always so obvious. You really do have to sometimes ask those questions. But look around today for your superstars and think, what would happen if they le left? Let's make sure that that knowledge doesn't go out, that we can still serve our customers to that level and that we have other people who can do that. So all important things, I think. Yeah, Jeannie, I, I thought it was weird when you uh, emailed me before the show and asked me to document everything I do, but now I think I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a good topic. I enjoyed this. Yeah, and we hope you did too. And we're always so grateful because... I think our listeners are superstars. Don't you think that? Every single one of wow. them. Wow. Every single Every one of them. Every single one of them. Total yep. superstars. So thank you, superstars, for being with us and listening to Crack the Customer Code. Please subscribe, rate, review, or just email us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We're always here. We love hearing from you. And as you probably know, Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our trademarked customer experience investigation process and more at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and I may not be a superstar, but I partner with one here. So <laughs> uh, look at that. See how I did that? <laughs> and that you can learn nice. more about... Thank you. I, you know, it's a new year. What are we going to do? So anyways, you can find out more about me, my keynote speaking, customer service workshops and training books, all that good stuff at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.